Welcome to the New Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Nickel. Hello and welcome. I'm glad you're here and I hope you're doing well. We've had a lot of new listeners joining the podcast, so I want to give a quick introduction. If you haven't met me before, if you are new, my name is Kim Nickel. I am a life coach. I work with managers and leaders at different levels in their careers, and I work with people in a wide range of industries. I'm really interested in what it means to be a human who works with other humans, and so that's what I talk about here. I want to help you to feel more effective, to feel more authentically confident in the workplace, and we can't do that without bringing some awareness and understanding to what it means to be a human. And what's interesting is that everything you learn about yourself will also help you as a manager because you'll understand the people that you work with are also human. And in some ways, they might be very similar to you, but in some ways, you might actually be quite different. And I think that as a manager, it can be easy to manage people who are like us And it can be more challenging when we are managing people who have really different personalities or different backgrounds, or it just feels like there's more friction and difficulty. And so part of this, as you grow your own self-awareness and as you grow your skills around strategic thinking and decision-making and communication and all of these other skills that you will use in the course of your work. It just, it all really starts with being human. And the more you know about that for yourself, the more easily it is to then adapt and work effectively with a wide range of people. And, you know, the neat thing too is that all of the skills that we need to manage people effectively, we also use those same skills in all of our relationships. So the way we communicate, the way that we listen, the way that we think strategically about the decisions we make. I mean, every, everything that we learn that helps us work better with humans also will be of benefit to you in other areas of your life. So I get kind of excited about all of that, and I'm glad you're here, and I'm guessing you get excited about that too. Today, I want to talk with you about how to start thinking about managing people, even if you don't manage them yet. I've had a few questions, a few requests come in from people who are not managing yet, but they anticipate doing that in the coming six months or the coming year. And as a side note, if there's a topic that you really are curious for me to cover, you can always request that. So find me on LinkedIn and message me or go to my website, kimnickel.com. There's a link in the notes below. Send me a note. Tell me what you want to hear more about and I'll I'll see what I can do. But, you know, when you think about what are the things you need to be aware of and how can you start preparing to manage people, it's what I've been reflecting on and want to share some thoughts with you today. Also, because... Today, I'm feeling super reflective on this topic because I have been facilitating this eight-month group coaching program for a group of physicians. And so for them, they're managing staff. They're also doing 
patient management, like needing to manage the relationship with the patient. And they're also needing to manage up to their leadership. And they're having to do all of this within some pretty challenging circumstances and within an organizational structure that creates <laughs> that creates difficulties as well. And so I've just been thinking about, you know, what does it mean to manage within kind of all of these dimensions and what are some of the things that we can all learn from and one of the things that really stands out to me and this is something that will be relevant to you especially as you move from individual contributor to manager is that when we're individual contributors very often our mindset is oriented around solving problems we have a specific task the thing that we are supposed to do, and our job is to be really good at solving that specific problem, really good at the execution, really good at, you know, getting into the granular delivery of the, you know, of the thing. And so what happens is we start to feel really good about being problem solvers. And in fact, a lot of interviews will ask about how do you solve problems? But what often happens then when you move into being a manager is you might have situations with problems that you can't fix in the way you would like, either because the problems that you're facing are happening on a very systemic level and they always were, but now because you're a manager, you are seeing them in a new way, in a way that you didn't see or couldn't perceive when you were an individual contributor. And so when you pride yourself on being a problem solver and you're in a situation where there's not an elegant solution to the problem, that can feel very frustrating. When we feel like we are not doing a good job at resolving a conflict or we are not doing a good job of solving a problem, when we identify as problem solvers, that can be very demoralizing, very frustrating, and just draining because you don't get that feeling of success and completion and competence. So one thing to be aware of is when you are getting ready to shift from the IC role into the manager role is just being aware of how much do you pride yourself on solving problems because when you move into a manager role, we're going to need to update your mindset a little bit. We're going to need to shift your perspective and the work that you do may not be solving problems in the way that you're used to. One person I was talking with said, you know, I was really good as an IC at doing this task, doing this thing. And when I became a manager, all of a sudden it was about managing relationships and dealing with conflict and listening to people on my team share how frustrated they were about things that were happening in our organization. And he said, I just was not prepared for that. Like all I do now is relationship management rather than the problem solving. So just be aware that it's going to look a little bit different and the way you measure your effectiveness might need to change. We might need to explore what that's going to look like for you. So what makes a good manager? This is a great question to ask yourself before you get into that role because when you're an IC, you really have the perspective of what in your experience has been a great manager. 
if you think about the best manager you ever had and you identify what are the qualities and characteristics of that person that made them great. And once you identify a list of qualities and characteristics that made them great, then you want to go to the next level, which is asking yourself, how exactly did they do that? So for example, you might say a great manager really cares about me and wants to see me do well and advance in my career. And you might have had a manager that did that and you felt, wow, this is such a great manager because I can just feel that they care about me as a person and I feel like my manager wants me to do well in my career. You wanna ask yourself, how exactly are they doing that? What are the behaviors or how are they communicating with you that conveys that feeling? Because, you know, it's, it's happening all the time, whether we're building trust or eroding trust, but we don't always pick up on the specific indicators of how they're doing that. And so when you have a manager as an IC, just start to notice what are the things they do well, and then how exactly are they creating that feeling or how exactly you know if you say they're a really good communicator what exactly does that mean does it mean that they're very clear does it mean that they are direct does it mean that they are kind does it mean that oh my gosh I (laughs) I received an email from someone I used to work with this was many years ago Um, and this was a person who just did not believe in you know hard returns and between paragraphs and so I would get this email and it would look like a wall of text and I thought oh my gosh if you just added (laughs) a couple of hard returns if you could just make this visually more available to me (laughs) that would help so much but you know we just thought in different ways and at the time I didn't know how to have that conversation so I just suffered in silence and here we are but you know, if you think about what are the things that the the managers that you have, the managers around you, what do you see and what exactly are they doing that's creating that good experience that will help you. That's also why I find it can be really difficult to give lists of examples and case studies because so much of the reality of it that happens on the ground day to day, they are these small nuance things that you might not notice unless you are looking for them. So bring your curiosity, be a little bit of an investigator, get really interested. If you think someone's doing a great job as a manager, dig a little deeper, understand why, what are they doing? And if you're in a situation where you're feeling a lot of friction with your manager, you're feeling a lot of Uh, not a lot of trust, Uh, you don't feel like you have a great manager, then ask yourself why. Like what specifically is it in what they're doing that's creating that feeling of friction? And the one caveat here, the one thing to be aware of is that a person who is not a good manager, it doesn't mean that they are a bad person. I think a lot of people really do their best to manage but don't have training don't have guidance or trying their best to figure it out as they go and so you can have someone who's a really good person and really great intentions but the skill level is just not (laughs) 
it's just not there. And, you know, remembering that managing people is a skill. So it's a thing you can learn. And when we remember, okay, this person may not be a bad person, they're just not a great manager for me, then that lets us take things less personally. It lets us be a bit more focused and clear on what this relationship is. And that just gives you the breathing room to function in a healthier way without absorbing all of the frustration. It just makes it easier to to deal with. So doing that reflection on what makes a great manager, getting specific about how they are creating those great qualities. If you have a manager and you don't really like something about the way that they manage you, then imagine that you could design or request the ideal manager for you, for your specific personality. What is it that you would want to see? What is the behavior? What is the experience? What specifically would that look like? And that will get your brain thinking and noticing some specific granular behaviors and qualities. So once you do this for yourself, consider having this conversation with friends, with colleagues, and with your manager. Asking, hey, what do you think makes a great manager? What are your thoughts about that? Because people have different ways of describing what makes a great manager. They've had different experiences. Some people will prefer one style of management. Another person will prefer a different style of management. And so part of what you're listening for is wanting to understand how do people talk about great managers, about why those managers are good, about how those managers specifically were doing things that really worked well because you want to fill your internal library with examples and language and ideas about what people mean when they talk about someone being a great manager. And all of this you can start to do way before you end up actually managing people like having to do their performance reviews, because you will also be managing people informally. You'll manage up, you'll, you might manage clients, you might manage uh, like cross-functional partners or collaborative teammates. So the more you start to think about it and start to have an active conversation about it, the more you really start to learn and absorb in a very intentional way. And I found that often people really enjoy sharing their opinion and their thoughts about what what makes a great manager. Again, the one thing you want to be mindful of is not letting it drift down into the negative because when we start venting, and that's all we do is is (laughs) complain and talk about the terrible experiences we've had, we usually end up feeling reactivated and really upset and it can actually kind of bring us into a place where we're focused on the negative and this is more of an appreciative inquiry practice where you're looking at what are the qualities that you want to amplify or you want to learn from or that you would want to try for yourself we're looking for the things to try and do rather than for the things to try and to not do so keep it in the realm of appreciative inquiry Um, and and the other bonus too is that when you are initiating this conversation with your manager or people who are in 
higher levels than you, you're also signaling that you're thinking about, you know, how you want to manage and thinking through, you know, I'm preparing for that next level. You're signaling your trajectory. You're signaling your sense of commitment to growth. You're signaling that you are taking responsibility for the direction and development of your career. And they can help you by sharing something positive by sharing their thoughts about what makes a great manager, maybe the manager that inspires them, the things that they've learned about how to manage people effectively. It can be a really interesting conversation. And the other thing to think of, so, you know, just to back up again. So the question is what makes a great manager? Thinking this through your own experience, having that conversation with others. That's why we're looking at the individual. We're looking at an individual manager and what are their behaviors? How are they creating positive experiences? But now I want you to shift your attention off of the one person and look at the bigger picture, meaning the culture, the processes and systems within which the manager operates. And I'm mentioning this because we work within an ecosystem and depending on how that system functions that will influence the experience that both the manager has and the people on their team so for example if you work in an organization that does not have clear leveling meaning the distinction from like an associate, you know, a junior to an associate to a senior level person is very vague. There are not clearly stated requirements or qualifications for each level. It's very subjective, not very clear. That is a structural thing that will have a very strong influence on how that manager manages. Compared to if it's an organization that has very clearly defined and distinct levels and competencies and uh, requirements for each level, it will just create very different experiences. Uh, Another example, there was a client that I had who got a new job at this really big company, this global organization. And we were talking about feedback and performance reviews. And she said, oh, we, th- this company doesn't actually do formal performance reviews. <laughs> I was shocked. I just, I just kind of assumed. I mean, I had, all, I had either worked in you know, established companies that had established regular performance review structures, or I had worked in startup environments where everything was being invented you know, like every month it was like a a new way to solve the problem. But it hadn't occurred to me that a very successful global organization (laughs) could just decide, yeah, we don't do performance reviews. (laughs) That's, we just don't do that. I thought, what? That's fascinating. (laughs) So you never know. There are lots of ways to be successful. There are lots of ways to organize work and people and lots of ways to design, you know, how we do things here. So, you know, in a company that does not have a formal structured performance review 
and promotion process, the way that manager functions in that environment is going to be different than a manager who works in an organization that has, you know, every year or twice a year, we do a formal review process and we have very clear, (laughs) you know, system for, you know, evaluating performance and how people get promoted, like all of that. It just... The, the structure and the ecosystem you work in is a part of how that manager will manage. And similarly to the culture. And I think of culture is simply how two people treat each other. You can have culture. If you have two people, you have culture <laughs> because it's about how do we relate to one another? How do we treat one another? Do we extend the benefit of the doubt? Do we... Uh, freak out when there is a mistake and then punish people and never let them forget it? Or do we take a, you know, a learning mindset approach? Are we generous with second chances? You know, there are so many different ways that we can think about culture. I I will also see too sometimes with culture, depending on, you know, who the employees are. If the employees are mostly single people who do not have children, that culture will probably look different than a company that has a lot of people who do have who are parents and who do have uh, partners. Like the way that we treat each other, and you know the way that we do team building, and the way that we show that we are committed, that can look really different depending on the culture of the organization. So when you look at the systems, the culture, the structures of the organization? Is the organization going through a lot of change? Are there changes in structure? Are there changes in upper level leadership and management? That might influence what happens and how people manage. But when you look at the organizational as a space, as an ecosystem, you look at the individuals and what are the choices that they make What are the ways that they manage well? How do they create trust? How do they create a sense of, you know, we're all on the same team here? Whatever it is that you identified as the thing that those managers do well. When you look at those two dimensions, that can help you to answer the big question, which as a manager is like the first question. (laughs) The first question that you bring to your team And the first question your team is going to ask of you, whether they say this out loud or not, the question is, how are we going to work together? And the way that you answer that will be informed in part by the organization you work in, as well as the specific and individual choices that you make and the way that you and your team together decide to answer that question. So that is what I wanted to share with you is some things to think about as you are preparing to step into that next role where you become the manager. You can start doing some preparation now just by the questions you ask and starting to prime your thinking and develop your mindset for what what is going to come next. So enjoy that and thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Hey, before you go, if you like this podcast, leave a review. 
tell me why you listen and what has helped you. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time.